HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. Since 2009, HRN podcasts have been exploring the wide world of food, beverage, and agriculture. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. I'm Lou Bank. I'm Chapati Wan. And this is Agave Road Trip, the critically acclaimed award-winning podcast that helps Green Gags bartenders better understand agave, agave spirits, rural Mexico, and bats. And bacanora sometimes. And bacanora sometimes. We never talk about <laughs> the you know, we've we get we get angry hate mail because we don't talk about bacanora enough. And then when we talk about it, we mess it up and we get even more angry hate mail. Well, you but, know, yeah, but I think, you know, that guy, that's, to me, that feels like it's actually part of the purpose of our podcast is to illustrate the fact that it's so easy to get stuff wrong when you're talking about agave, agave spirits, and rural Mexico, <laughs> because so much of it is so diverse depending on where you are and what you're looking at, and you think that you're looking at something that stands for everything, and it turns out it doesn't, and maybe something yeah. gets lost in translation, and, 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 and. And yeah, and, and and it's a mess. But I think today we we do have uh, we we had the chance to talk with scientists. So maybe this is the one in which we have uh, higher quality information in some capacity. Oh oh, the quotes are always great. We just screw it up. But you know, but yeah, I want to be explicit it. about this, right? The reason that we talk. Who did we talk with? Valeria. What's her last name? Valeria Cañedo, which is a vice presidenta from Colectivo Sonora Silvestre and the Centro de Colaboración para la Ciencia y la Cultura. SC, Sociedad Civil. <laughs> okay, we're going to put links to those organizations in, in on the webpage because I know I couldn't follow anything you just said. Uh, but basically, right. she, she works with two NGOs that are about conservation and education. Correct. Yeah. And she has been specializing in the state of Sonora. That's why the name is Sonora, Wild Sonora. Mm -hmm. And working with a lot of the Bacanora producers and even collaborating with trying to reframe the DO for Bacanora to add simple things like the fact that they could use other agaves to make the Bacanora and not end up with monoculture of Angustifolia pacifica. Right, right. Which is it's kind of fascinating. She was talking about her friendship with the uh, the folks who uh, who run the um, the regulatory body there 
in trying to make these changes, which is nice, right? It's like they're having conversations, and while they may disagree, they're having conversations about the disagreement to try to get to something better. Yeah, and I think that something else that caught my eye is that it's still an extremely young scene in terms of the international or national recognition to their spirits. So they are in a unique opportunity of working almost with a blank slate, right? They they are they're just like starting to to try to figure out which are the regulations and the lack of regulations that will better uh, serve the producers that they have right now and the ecosystem that they're working with. Wait, are they? Well, yes, and I think that <laughs> and I think that this is, they, this is what. Well, but they have an explicit like they have they have the regulations, they have the DO, and it is defined. This would literally yeah, be changing the the written definition of Bakunara. yeah. But and at the same time, like I think she was talking about changing the DO, attempting because, to, yeah, 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 yeah. And I think that she has a lot of very interesting specific ideas that I wouldn't say are innovative in terms of what we've seen in other places. And I think those kind of things can only happen in a place that is just starting. And I think this is actually a great moment for her quote, because I think some people will be uh, slightly shocked at at the percentage she's talking about. So why don't we have her quote right away? <laughs> sure. Oh, sorry, Lou. That, I, I thought we were going to run another quote. That's definitely not the quote we're running from her. We're running the other quote talking about uh, something still very interesting. So let's have it. <laughs> so we have in Alamos, which is a town they're located, we have the second biggest maternity caves for the lesser Lognos bath. So that, that's why it's so important to work in Alamos. And they have the Dominican origin, and it's a small town. Here is actually a, a pueblo mágico. So there's a lot of tourism there. There's like, so that's a, that's the reasons why we're working there. In Matape, we have a cave. We haven't, we don't know exactly what bats are there, but we know there's caves. There's ones close, but a bat can fly up to 100 kilometers per night looking for food. So... What we want is like when we started working with agave propagation for conservation, we planted these agaves around 50 kilometers around caves, transition and maternity caves. So for them to not waste that much energy, because I don't know if you know, but the lesser alone knows bad. The ones that migrate are the females. They migrate to mate in south of Mexico. When they come back, they're pregnant or they're lactating. So. They need to have, they need to save all this energy for their puppies too. Well, I think this is fascinating because sometimes we talk about feeding the bats and we don't necessarily understand the struggles that they're going through. Yeah. And I thought, well, like, I don't know if this gave you a more precise, more physical image of why these kiotes are so critical. Well, sort of, you know, it, 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 yes. You know, it's interesting. Like, it's not the quote that I would have picked, but, uh, you know, I thought it was a beautiful quote. But, you know, I, uh, the thing that I'm fascinated by is the fact that if, if I understand correctly, you've got basically party town down in places like Hidalgo, where you've got the boy bats hanging out and they just stay there all year long. And then the lady bats, the lady bats, they like migrate. They're up in Texas. And then they find this very specific migratory path to come down and visit the boys and get their business out. 
And in order to make it down to the boys, they've got to have all the little, like, like when you and I are on our road trips, right? We got to stop and get our snacks. You need those donuts you get in the morning. Yeah, but we're not pregnant. Not yet. We got to get down to where the boys are, Java. And so, the, so then if they don't actually have enough truck stops on the way down, the truck stops being the coyotes that are flowering and giving them the energy to continue on their mission, if they don't get them. They don't get down there. They don't get preggers. They don't get preggers. They don't go back up and have pups. Yeah, but it's for me, it's... Uh... I think, I think what, what I love about what she's saying is that one thing is going down and you're okay, your body is like in, in the same way that, that you had it all the time. When you're coming up, you are carrying a, a whole different set of things on you. So you're tremendously more fragile. And I think that's... Oh, oh that, kind, that, of, that, kind, of like, kind of like when our friends uh, uh, who get pregnant and then they start eating funny stuff. They need more of the funny stuff. I exactly. Also, it's not enough. You need your pizzas <laughs> and your hamburgers and your seafood. You need serious, serious stuffs on the way back. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, huh? But, but okay. So, how do the caves tie into that? I guess they also like you eat and then you're so full and you got this baby in you. You want to kind of rest in the well, cave. Yeah, 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 they need a home. Yeah, they need. They need. They need. They need well, a place a to stay. It's, it's like a motel, really. Well, no, it's like an upscale motel. How about that? Like, uh... <laughs> well, so yes, so you know, so all of this, right? For the in order for the bats, the 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 lady bats, to come mm-hmm. down and and meet the boys, they need the food on the way down, and then they really need the food on the way back to make it back to their home, right? Which... Yeah, and I think one question that I had always had is, so how much, how many kiotes do they need? Right, okay, like sure. do, do, do we, and and that's what, how I got confused with the other quote, whatever. But it's like, okay, you have a certain amount of bats that travel, yeah, and they need a certain amount of food, right? So, me, if I were to plant agaves, what will be a responsible number of kiotes to leave in my agave field to sustain these bats? It's an excellent question. It also, I think, begs the question of. When you leave the quixote to go to seed, to go to flower, and then to go to seed, how many of them do you let go to seed in order to restore the population of agave for the future? Well, and that's the that's the beauty of nature, Lou. Things make sense in a holistic way. Um, but so it was interesting to talk to her because uh, our we've heard different versions of this percentage of agaves that should go to seed or that people get recommended to go to seed. Uh, there's some savages that go 20%. And, <laughs> I, and well, I love Sergio uh, from Ultramundo because he goes 20%. He lets 20% go to flowers. And then there's some people that will recommend 5%, but she's saying 1%. Right, right. And, and that... And that what, Chava? Well, that sounds like a, not a tremendous sacrifice. Oh, if you are planting, uh, like you know, commercially speaking, uh, maybe I, uh, I don't make a living out of planting agave, so maybe one percent is your margin. I don't know, but one percent sounds like a like like something that that doesn't sound outrageous to us from a from a business uh, standpoint. Okay, no? or, so I'm gonna I'm gonna push back against that. And, oh. and, 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 and not to say that it's, it's, oh, it's outrageous and you shouldn't do it. Right. But rather to say, 
Um, 1% actually is a lot when you're talking about the cost of the wholesale product that's used to make the sugar source that's used to make the spirit. In other words, that 1% becomes magnified by the time you've cooked it, you've uh, fermented it, you've distilled it, you put it into bottles, you ship it. In essence, you're, you're increasing your base cost just of an ingredient by 1%, but that that becomes something like 5, 10, maybe even 15% of your total costs down the road based on the cost of the full chain. And I say this, you know, and I don't want to divert too far from the actual conversation, but I say this to say, you know, think about our friends at 1% for the planet, right? Yeah, I, I, One- I think that, yeah, the, I think that's slightly... Uh, I mean, we could discuss about this later on. I, I would love to see the Excel sheet when you try, where you try to justify this. Uh, I think might be slightly distinct in in the case of uh, of the economics of agave that goes planted. Uh, mostly given that, specifically in Sonora, to my understanding, the land is not necessarily super expensive, and this is a low maintenance crop. So you don't the uh, the investment of someone. Caring for the agave is not tremendous, but oh, what calls my attention, I, it's, I, you know, I think that's a conversation for us to have with one of the mescaleros or bacaneros up there. Uh, but I, I really do believe one percent is a lot. I'm not saying that they shouldn't do it by any stretch of the imagination. I think, in fact, the cost of not doing it is far greater because you can't afford to lose these bats. But I yes, think one percent is actually a lot, and five percent is a lot, and twenty percent is and, a lot. And if I think about, you know, like we, we drive around all the time, Jalisco, Michoacán, whatnot, and it's it's 35 plants per hectare, given the density that she tells, like 3,500 uh, 3, uh, plants per hectare. Mm-hmm. So you're letting 35 go to have their quiote and seed. Yeah. And I don't think that we've ever seen 35 plants in a 100 by 100 meter plot of land having quiotes in most of our drives god at least not that's purposely planted yeah no 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 that's a really good point that would be a beautiful thing to see on like that would cause us to to slam well cause me to slam on the brace and you to swear at me but yeah so it's it's, roy's gonna love making the sound effect for that one by the way oh lord um but anyway so I, i think that it's it's uh it's a really interesting proposition. I think it's great work that they're doing. And I think that it also makes it accessible. Is that is that the word maybe? That I think that if you are somebody that has a killer mezcal project, or if you are a bartender or a restaurant owner that have a close enough relationship with a brand in order to ask them or maybe push them to have better practices and stuff. I think that there's so many other things that maybe take more years of research, more money, more, uh, you know, like have have other complexities. But I think it's such an, I mean, again, like it may cost money. It may cost a lot of money, not that much money. I don't know. But at least in terms of technical complexity, it's just living 35 plants go to Kukiote. Like I, I think it, there's there's a beauty to how easy it is to to do such a, an incredible change in uh, in sustaining bats. You know, it, it, it's it's interesting. You and I, uh, uh, in the first two versions of this episode, we had another conversation that I thought you you asked a question that I thought was really 
pertinent, which is how do we know if the 1% is enough, if those 35 plants will be sufficient to feed all of the lady bats who are flying through on the way down and the way back up? And, um, and I think that's a fascinating question. And it's one that, you know, you can't really answer until you have enough of these coyotes growing and you're actually monitoring the bat population. Um, but but it also brings my head back around to the entire purpose. Well, I shouldn't say the entire purpose, but for me, the underlying purpose of this episode, which is to talk about this campaign that's going on right now by mm. you know, led by led participated uh, in by a, a Valeria and a bunch of other organizations. And we'll list all the organizations like Borderlands Restoration Network, um, list them all on the, the Web page. But it's being uh, spearheaded by Bat Conservation International, that we belong mm. together campaign. Love it. And can people donate money to them? <laughs> they can and they should. Okay. <laughs> so, so the, you know, the purpose of the campaign, and Bat Conservation International has been around for a long time, and they do a lot of work to preserve bats all over the world. But this is very specifically a campaign um, called the Agave Restoration Initiative. Well, I guess the program's mm. the Agave Restoration Initiative. The campaign is called We Belong Together because bats and agave belong together. And they're what they're trying to do is plant 300,000 agaves on 50,000 acres of land and establish 20 greenhouses and support 50 communities by 2025 that, in essence, becomes exactly that food way, if you will, mm. that we were describing that allow the lady bats to go see the boy bats and then get their way back home because, you know, they've seen enough of the boy bats. <laughs> Love it. So, yeah, I, I, I feel like go there, donate some of your money, uh, buy mezcal that it's some way link to these practices in the future in <laughs> yeah, 2025 you, the, and that's the it. one you can see like there are bacchanoras that actually are part of it but you know I'll, but i'll tell you the conversation that i started having um uh, with uh with dr Kristen lear over at bat conservation international when they were describing this problem is um they've got a real need for some of these uh coyotes in hidalgo where the, you know we're boy town basically where all the boy pets uh, hang out so the conversation that we've been having and it's not finalized yet so this is definitely you know me speaking out of turn which doesn't surprise you does it Chava? no 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 okay. very unbrand for you there you go um so what we're talking about is having sacred pay the tinacaleros the families who are making pulque to mm -hmm. literally, in essence, pay for pulque they don't make. So to go back to that conversation, right, about what's the cost of that 1% of the agave, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know what that is, but I'm willing to bet that the, like, Rogelio and the other guys that we met in Hidalgo who make pulque, that they have some sense of how much pulque they get out of one agave during its its yeah, lifetime production yeah. of aguamiel, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so what is the income that they would make from that that underwrites their entire operation? And then mm. like that's what we would pay for to let them uh, to allow them to allow that agave to instead go to seed and create oh, that food source for the amazing. pets. Love it. Well, it's a, it's it's an amazing theory. <laughs> we don't know the numbers yet, but but that's how I 
think Sacred's going to try to participate in this because I really love, you know, a I love I love what uh, what what they've put together with this campaign. I'd love to see people um, uh, donate to it. I'll certainly be donating to it personally, but I'd also love if we can somehow tie Sacred into it. And I think that's a wrap, Senor Luke. <laughs> it's got to be. We're at 18 and a half minutes. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Okay, let's get the hell out of here. Thanks, guys. Adios. Catch you next episode. Bye-bye. This has been Agave Road Trip, the podcast that helps gringo bartenders learn about agave spirits. Your hosts are Lubank and Chava Periban. Sound engineering by Roy Sierra. Theme song performed by Gabriel Oliveira and Mark Rico. Sign up to become a road tripper and listen to more episodes at agaveroadtrip.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please let us know. And if you hated it, recommend it to your enemies. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Lou is in charge of our social media. So if he happens to sound like an old man, forgive him. He is one. Agave Road Trip is a production of 10 Angry Pitbulls, Inc. Agave Road Trip is powered by Simplecast. Thank you for listening to Heritage Radio Network. Heritage Radio Network is food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. To subscribe to the Heritage Radio Network newsletter, enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with Heritage Radio Network on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find Heritage Radio Network at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. Heritage Radio Network couldn't do that without support from listeners like you. Become a part of the food world's most innovative community today. Subscribe to the shows you like. Tell your friends. And please join the Heritage Radio Network family by becoming a member. To become a member of the Heritage Radio Network, click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Heritage Radio Network can become addictive. Programming you here on Heritage Radio Network can drive you to eat, drink, and listen to more programming on Heritage Radio Network. If it drives you to drink, please do not drink and drive. Drink responsibly. Eat responsibly too. And listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly. To listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly, wear protective earbuds. While wearing protective earbuds, do not drive or walk. Sit in a comfortable chair. If that comfortable chair has a hard seat, please remember to get up and stretch every 30 minutes. If you get up and stretch every 30 minutes, do not stretch beyond your abilities. Stay within your defined stretching capacity and consult a doctor who specializes in stretching. If you do not have a doctor, listen to all the shows on the Heritage Radio Network. There has to be at least one doctor among the Heritage Radio Network podcast hosts. Thanks for listening. Agave Road Trip out. <laughs>